You are listening to a Strange and Beautiful Network Classics Collection episode. This episode was originally released under our parent podcast, Strange and Beautiful Book Club. There you go. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. We are getting ready to watch the very last episode of season one of Forever Night, episode 22, Love You to Death. Thank goodness. <laughs> you are, No, he really likes it, guys. Don't, don't let him lie to you. He's just saying that for the... For the Got to boost those ratings with... Uh, internal conflict. Conflict, yeah. yeah. We got to look like we don't agree and might split at any time. It's Keep, the it's the cheapest way to manufacture conflict. It keeps people on the hook. Yeah. It's true. We're coming up on 15 years married, not including time we dated. So, honestly, could be any time now. We could just, you know, decide it's all been a lie and leave each other. Yeah, we got to make these moments worthwhile while we have them. <laughs> it's all a lie. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't know. The idea of, I mean, besides the fact that I love you and would never leave you, the fact of going, the idea of going back out there. Into the dating pool? Is terrifying. It's more terrifying than what Nick is about to do the poor lady in the flashback in this episode. Oh, boy. I know you're in for a good one. And just to celebrate, we have decided to make this a power hour. And that means we will be drinking throughout this entire episode approximately a shot of our chosen alcohol, Matt beer, me, hard seltzer, every minute for the next 48 minutes. So it's about to get real fun up in here. And just to get ourselves started, we will be doing a shot. And this is uh, approximately half Kraken, half whipped cream vodka, because <laughs> they're the two bottles in the cabinet that were almost empty. <laughs> so now, now I can get rid of them. Um, so if once we do this, we may not make it through this recording. But you know what? We're going to give this a shot. One way or another, we will make it to the end of this recording. <laughs> That's true, whether it's preemptive or not. So, hmm? oh. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, honey. All right, here we go. Oh, God, that was an experience. Oh. The whipped cream vodka was much stronger in flavor. You know what? That wasn't a... um, Oh, hang on. (laughs) Rachel always does this with mixed liquor. That wasn't as horrific as I thought it was going to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey. Which is, you know, on a scale of one being the absolute worst thing I've ever drunk and ten being, oh, that was horrific. It was about a five. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know which end of the scale is which. (laughs) Well, that's my motto. Just keep them guessing. Well, I'm going to open my hard seltzer now, and then I'm going to give us a countdown. And in the event that one of us has to bail because we've had too much alcohol, we will do a countdown pause, countdown start. So, you ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. I am... Oh, I have a little bit left in my shot glass. Hmm. I have queued up the episode on Amazon, and on the count of three, I'm going to hit OK to open it and hopefully get it playing. So three, two, one. Okay. Oh. 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 Got someone lighting a candle. That's where we're at. 
For a second, I thought this was the crime time after prime time introduction. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to adjust my microphone crime time here. Sorry. Prime There's going to be a lot of extraneous sounds in this recording. Lip smacking, probably burping. Ooh, a foot in a bath. Drinking, swallowing, that kind of stuff. I'm trying to turn it down so we don't pick up the sound of the... Oh. It's all right. I should have hooked up the... Nah, it'll be all right. Interesting angles. Yeah. There is no stairway to the light, honey. If you say so. There is no answer. Heaven knows. <laughs> there is no answer. Heaven knows? Or there, there is, is no, no answer. answer. Heaven, heaven knows. knows. I don't know. Ask Fred Mullen. He, write all, he wrote all this music. Black rose. A white rose. Come on, Amazon. Who does these subtitles? Now, really, the highlight. Chat GPT. <laughs> probably. Now, really, the highlight of this episode is the uh, flashback. It must be because I have very few memories of the flashback. This is one of the ones where I know all about the A story and none about the B story. Your forever night mentor has let you down. You have gaps in your knowledge. Do I have a mentor? That's the joke. Oh. <laughs> is she already dead? Yeah. I don't uh, know how she's sitting up. That's not like a thing. She'd have to be propped up. Like with right. a stick or something. I don't know. <laughs> Matt just made a motion like someone rammed a stick up her ass. <laughs> um, you know what? She's dead, so maybe possible then bolted anything's possible maybe bolted it to the bench and then dropped her down on top of it super glue mm. super glued her to the bench yeah yeah or let her st well no you know what you get rigor mortis for a while and then it goes away so even if you let her stiffen up in a sitting position eventually it would go away and she'd fall over right if if you timed it right you could get the right uh time exposure in the bench All right, we got a kid. Just a minute, I gotta respond. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause the episode in one, two, three. Pause. We're frozen at and John Capellos. Okay, kid interruption has been dealt with. We are now back to the episode, and we are on the and John Capello section of the intro. And I'm gonna push play in one, two, three. I pushed it on three. So Nick just bit somebody, which he does every time. We have a lot of vampire imagery for him in the very big, in the intro. Considering we have actually very little vampire stuff, usually, per episode. He right, vamps out like once, maybe. Twice. Ish. And that's about it. Where he can't hold it in. Yeah. Yeah. Can't hold it in. Zero chill, Nick. Oh, All right, drink. city. City, night, exterior. Nick walks down the stairs. Love you to death. Oh, we're back with our haircut. The episode name that Rachel cannot remember. I cannot for the fucking life of me. I keep wanting to call it Dying to Know You, but that's the one with all the flying scenes where he like flies with her in her arms with the like twinkly lights in the background. Right. We're back with our haircut, so... This must be post. Oh, see, and Skinky has no sideburns. 
So we had sideburns, no sideburns, sideburns, and yeah, no that's sideburns. what I'm saying. I think it's supposed to go 1966, and then fatal mistake, and then this episode. Love you to death. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> oh God, Skanky being lecherous. Hey, look, when it's a hot corpse, Skanky. Four Whoa, months. Four ago. months. Yeah. Wow, since when do we have someone come in and do a slideshow? Why were they not called to the scene? Uh, is this uh, like federal investigators? No, I don't think so. Maybe, I don't know. They introduced them. Somebody, somebody in Bollinger. Oh, it's because this happened during the day. Oh, but then why, weren't, why wasn't it given to another team of detectives? Because then we couldn't talk about it in this episode of oh, okay. the TV show. Well, maybe they're putting multiple detectives on the case. But that wouldn't they yeah, all be in the room together? This, this might be the day team briefing mm. the night team. Very good point. When did they have time to get the slides developed? The night team. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. What, when did they have time to get the slides developed? Wow. Maybe it's uh, in June. So it's longer days. What, they went to the one-hour slide place? Yeah. And had pictures so, of dead bodies developed? Did you grow up with one of those? Not a slide place? Maybe they have place? a dark room in the police precinct. But, oh, and Skanky you know. just said something there I forgot. It's like the way to a woman's heart is by her underwear that fits. You missed it. I'm, oh, my gosh, we were Well, we're going to watch this again when we're not drunk. So that's, you know, that's what we, we got are? that going for. Yeah. I have to watch this twice. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> You doth protest too much, my friend. Why aren't they just showing pictures of these half-naked women? Look these. Look at these people. These I'm people had alibis. I also had an alibi. Are you going to show a picture of me naked? No comment, please, from the peanut gallery. <laughs> wow. John Capellos is like over this season. This must have been at the very, very end. Either the very, very end or the very, very beginning. I'm feeling very, very end, though. I think even though we don't really change production companies, we get a production bump from Dark Knight to here. Everybody knows who she is. Yeah, even Nick. Oh, but he remembers her as somebody else. Somebody with the same face. Yeah. It's bound to happen over an 800-year timeline. No, it's not. <laughs> There's only so many combination of genes. We covered uh, no. this in Jupiter Ascending, okay? No, there, there literally aren't <laughs> a limited number of combinations of genes, honey. I don't, look, you're the poo-poo parade over there, and I don't need the poo-poo parade right now. I no, need I, us I, enjoying this. I agree. There's actually a... Look how fabulous Jeanette looks. As mm, always. God, just lean into it, because when we get to season two, they don't know what to fucking do with this woman. There's a photographer that's doing an art project. I saw an article about it. God, Deborah um, Duchesne is so pretty. And it was, pretty. Uh, he finds doppelgangers. Yeah. People who look the same but are not, they do a genetic test they're, to confirm that they're not related. Yeah. And they look very, very, very similar. This is effectively a Victoria's Secret model. In case you needed some well, kind of reference Skanky point. even used the term soft core fantasy. 
Um, of course, Skanky used the term softcore fantasy. That's because she's a classy intimates model. Yeah, okay. Oh, poor Natalie. She's given such short shrift. I really wish she had been given more of a role. It's like, she now doesn't exist outside this room. If she tries to walk outside the room, she disappears. Unless Nick is with her, and then she can do it. Look at his snazzy little haircut. Wow, she looked really happy about that. Somebody's lap of luxury. God, I wish somebody would kidnap me and take care of me for four months. It might be worth it. <laughs> the trade-off. God, Natalie's so thirsty right live, now. Live it really might be. Poor Natalie. God. She's jonesing for this dude so bad, and he is just not having it. Which, to his credit, he told her it wasn't going to happen. Right. She's just happy that she gets to talk to him. Oh, they're having a lingerie photo shoot at the Raven. Look at Nick's 90s of pants. Of course. Where's Myra in I Tampa hope, with her mother? I hope Jeanette's wearing lingerie. Nope. No. Like Jeanette would. I'm sorry. But she turned into a vampire to leave that lifestyle behind her. To leave the exploitation. True. Wow, that mosaic bar is actually really cool. Oh, she's busty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at the, like, open mouth skanky acting. Right. Like he's drooling no for leering. her. Oh, my God. Nick's like, hang on, I'm going to go talk to that hot chick over there at the table. Make out a little bit. God, they could pretend. No. Was no. he married at this point? Garrett Wynn Davies? Yeah. I have no idea. Like, to Jeanette? No, not since the no, Renaissance. No, I mean, the actors. Oh, I don't know. Were they married to other people, or were they single at this point? I have no idea, actually. We'd have to look that up. Garrett's been through a couple. He's got kids at this point, so he could be. Because he has a son and a daughter. Galen okay. and, I think, Piper. Galen. That's Galen. a Welsh name. He's actually, the, both kids have cameos at certain points during the series. And Deborah Duchesne, maybe? She left, went back to school, got a degree in music, and became a music teacher. Because she was like, fuck acting. Which, I mean, honestly, I would do if I got fired because I wasn't pretty enough. I don't know what crack they were smoking. Because right? she's How fucking is she not gorgeous. They weren't styling her properly in season two. It's not her fault. It's not like she's the one maybe, who decides what she wears and looks like. Maybe her stylist and like, costume person... Uh, in season one, died. <laughs> just died. <laughs> just keeled over one day, and they were like, oh, fuck it. I well, don't like, know. Get that guy be- out the street. Between season Fine. one ending they and give season her a two starting. I mean, she looks like she has. It's just questionable choices are made with her styling in season two. If I have a complaint about season two, it's that they did not know what to do with their... Look at her. Look how beautiful okay. that woman is. Do here's, you know how hard it is to make that woman ugly? And they manage. Hold on. Here's... Here's a hot take. Okay. I'm okay. ready. I'm ready for this hot take. Let's go. They were both married at the time. Yeah. And their spouses complained incessantly <laughs> about the palpable sexual tension that they were able to manifest. Physically palpable. Yes. Yes. And they're like, no more of that because I don't want you cheating on me. 
<laughs> and so they deliberately sexed down mm, Deborah Duchesne. Maybe. Loud crash. Oh, look at that guy. He comes back for Although another I, episode. I, I hope we don't lose the tension is. between Nick and... She comes back Jenna. for another episode, too. Oh, no. Oh, no. We don't lose the tension. We just lose the whoever knew how to style her leaves the show. There's a huge hiatus between season one and season two. It's right. like a year and a half. So I'm sure they lost a lot of the crew. Right. Because you could retain the actors, but it's hard to retain the crew for too long. Right. Actors have a contract. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes crew do, too, but they move on to other productions. Right. So she's Lucy Preston, and in the back, like the back story, the flashback, she's Sylvain something. And then she comes back later for an episode called Faithful Followers. And she's, As Sylvain. She's Lucy Sylvain. They were like, <laughs> they're not going to get it. Hey, little did they know gotcha. streaming was going to exist, and we were going to figure all that out. On-demand television? Whoa, he just dropped that bomb. She was what like, he are you here about what's going on with Stephanie? And he's like, Stephanie's dead. I'm here to talk, ask you some questions. And she was like, I'm sorry, what the fuck? <laughs> what? We weren't like really, really close. We were like a little close. It's weird we did to see shoots that. or we did shots? I don't know if to trust. Shoots, shoots, shoots. Photography captains. shoots. Well, look at the portholes. I mean, I love the Raven, but with the lights on, there's some questionable design choices happening. You see that faux finishing? That's the same fucking stuff right. I did at the beginning of the 2000s to make, like, odd odd job dollars. To get me through grad school? Get you through grad school. Banging people's walls with plastic bags and shit. You know Skanky is like a pig in shit right now. All these half-naked women... He can leer as much as he wants to. It's like me at the water park. <laughs> Everyone at the water park. Oh, my God. There were so <laughs> many boobs. Ooh, hanging from the chains. Mm. Ooh, look at that sweater. It's a nice sweater. Okay, hang on. We got another kid. Clearly, they're not respecting our choices to get drunk and watch for every night. Oh, I'm so Sorry. Where's the remote? Pippin, can I? All right, I'm going to pause the episode in one, two, three. We paused it right at feeling like I'm, feels like I'm walking on air. And Lucy Preston is hanging onto two pieces of chain. So we will be back in just a moment. At 14 minutes and 29 seconds. All right, we are back from our second child emergency because they know we're in the living room recording an episode. And we are going to start at 14 minutes and 29 seconds. I'm going to hit play in three, two, one. And we're back. Back with the forever night. Oh, yeah. This poor guy having to uh, pull apart. Her. She's like, she couldn't have done that herself. Did no, it? she's got to hold the pose. Oh, right. She's got to hold those chains or they're going to slither away on her. Well, I mean, it's the position of her arms that's important for oh, this. Oh, oh, Nick looks like he's about to have a flashback. Uh-oh. That's his flashback walk, oh, I can tell. It's the uh, the flashback aura. Yeah. They had like a thousand square foot um, warehouse that they did all their filming in. Uh -huh. And his loft set was at the far back of it. Uh, but apparently it was so comfortable people would hang out in it. Because it had like real couches and shit. Of course. 
Look, there's the dancer. Oh, we flash back. I told you we were flashing back. That was his flashback walk. Oh, look at him in a tuxedo. It's so cute. Aw. He's so smitten. Obviously, LaCroix is going to show up and fuck this up, right? That's literally his job. <laughs> That's all he does. Oh, look at his CD player. That's, oh, we were talking about purpose earlier. Yeah, that's, that's LaCroix's literally Lacroix's purpose. I said that was his existence. joie de vivre in the yeah. last episode, and it's extremely true. It is his joie it's de accurate. vivre. Yeah, that's why he wakes up in the morning. Look at her little mustard yellow jacket. That's super cute. I'd wear that. They just let okay, her this leave. This is flashback, or this is present day. This is present day. Okay. They just let her walk. Oh, they just let her walk off by herself. They're like, "Hey, high-profile lingerie photo shoot lady, let's just let you leave at dark by yourself." He, he always leaves a hundred messages. Nick never answers his phone. Why does he even have a fucking phone? He's the stereo is too loud. Oh my god. Are you answering? Uh-oh, Lucy's missing. Who could have ghost? All right, that's one truly down. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I, I just finished my first beer. Jeanette, so this is where you work. I love it. Love it. Fucking love it. When we put Jeanette in normal situations. Anywhere outside of the Raven. Anywhere outside the Raven. Because you don't realize how outrageous Jeanette is until she's in, like, the police precinct. Right. Like when uh, she was in the the other lady's apartment. <laughs> I'm vampire, here to pay a parking ticket. Picking the vampire up that man. committed suicide. Yeah. And Jeanette and Nick. Yeah, and, they go to her house. And the actress were there. Yeah. <laughs> she was just. She's like, mm. <laughs> she's always commenting on the decor too. She's right. like, I could send my decorator. When she is obviously the odd one out in this situation. Yeah. Oh, she's so. Uh, uh, <coughs> sorry, I burped. Oh, I burped oh they. Oh. They asked Jeanette to come. Yeah, because she was there. That was her club. The lady went missing from outside her club. Look at her little, like, belt. Her little, like, right? panel belt. Oh, Jeanette. With the velvet choker. Come on. This is... Ugh. She's the same height as John Capellos. Unless she's wearing heels, which we know Jeanette's well, wearing her heels. her hair's quaffed up quite a bit. No, no, no. Chin chin height's the same. Oh, okay. Yeah, but she could be wearing heels, like really yeah. high heels, because she's Jeanette. She he is has always skanky. wearing his outside jacket inside. She has skanky wrapped around her little finger. She Yeah. Look, if you have a dick, Jeanette's got you. Sorry. You don't have any chance. If you're I in a certain Nick, radius. Nick is the only one who has... Any from? kind of protection, and because only because they were married for eighty years. Only because they were married for eighty years. Yeah, he is just for survival. Matt's making Italian hand. Yes, just for survival. Yes. He has built up psychological defenses against Jeanette. Because <laughs> otherwise, anytime she's in your radius, it just breaks down, and you're just like, "Wow, I would really like to have sex with this woman immediately." Uh oh, Lucy I Preston. Can't, uh, Lucy I can't Preston argue waits. Against that. 
room interior. It's pretty fancy. Look at that mustard yellow sports jacket. It is so cute. Mm-hmm. I like that color. I like mustard yellow. You know, I it's like an it. underrated color. Yeah. It really I like is. It. Vibrant yellow orangey colors. She's got, I mean, honestly. But I am got, a vibrant yellow orangey color. You are, you are a vibrant orange yellow color. Look at that. None of the windows are <gasps> real. Hmm, almost as if she's been kidnapped. She got leggings on? What's the fashionable? Okay, so this is after the lady was found dead in the park. Obviously, because that started okay, well, at the very on, beginning. Hold on, okay. I'm just yep. summarizing, trying no. to get my bearings. All right, no, please okay. go. I'm ready. Because it's been, what, 15 minutes, and I'm already a beer and a quarter. <laughs> in. Yeah, the woman gets found. Did they hang, like, a camera on the outside? Did they have a camera rig? Oh, I hate it when they give them bangs. Oh, look, it's Jeanette. Yeah. It's always like a they clearly used a curling iron to curl his hair up forward so he could have bangs. Oh, that's the whole backstory. The whole flashback this episode is that Nick doesn't feel worthy of this woman because she's pure and perfect, and he doesn't want to intrude on her pure perfection. And so he just wants to lust at her from a distance because he's so dark and filthy and evil that just being around her would corrupt him, corrupt her. Okay, so... And LaCroix's like, all right, well, what if she's not, though? What if she's not? Okay, and Nick so is like, this, oh, no, 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 she's perfect. There's this guy on YouTube I've watched a bunch, uh, Dr. K. He runs a YouTube channel called yeah, Healthy Gamer no, GG. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, and he talks about a lot of this, like, incel stuff and, oh, yeah. like, male mental, like, mental health stuff, whatever. But one of the reasons that guys don't approach women is because they see a woman yeah. and they instantly build this image profile, this image of the woman yeah. before they know anything about her. And they hesitate to actually interact with this woman because any new information will update their model of the woman. Yeah, it will affect and their purity. And it will deviate from this perfect image that they've created. Yeah. And that's a really bad way to operate in the world. Okay, well, you just summed up the entire flashback, except at the end, you're a vampire, you find out she's not perfect, and you're really fucking mad about it. Okay? Really? It's the 1800s. Come on, Nick. Look, it's the 1800s. She's a dancer. Well, well established at this point. Dancers, actors, anyone who worked in a, I work on the stage profession as a woman, you were considered effectively a sex worker. And he is like, no, 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 she's pure. And LaCroix literally just said, what if she's a common whore? You missed it because you were Go telling right. me. Right for the jugular. I mean, LaCroix just like, look, let's cut through the bullshit and ask you the direct question in language that was appropriate in 1990, but isn't appropriate right now. Is that a shoulder gun rig? I don't know, but he just showed up and she was smoking like a fabulous cigarette and wearing her panel belt. Right? Uh, <clears throat> why don't you dress like Jeanette, honey? I'm sorry, I'm not Jeanette. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not Jeanette. I feel like maybe I should just remodel myself as you're, Jeanette. You're introducing conflict into our marriage I'm by so, not being I am Jeanette. Horrifically sorry. 
it's okay. I think we're both attracted to Jeanette, so it's pretty fair, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's fair. God, she's so fucking fabulous. Look at this black dress she is wearing. Look at her little red nails. She's thirsty. She's Nick thirsty. Uh, they are always both thirsty for I'm each I'm not playing other. the tune on this one. I'm only hearing it. She gets the best lines. I'm concerned about her. And she kind of also happens to look like this lady I knew in the past. Oh, Jeanette knows. I bet LaCroix debriefed Jeanette about the whole drama. Well, they're always with together. She was there. They're always together. Oh, she was. Jeanette was there when. It concerned Nick LaCroix and it concerned me and therefore it, it concerned you and therefore it concerned me. So, of course, I'm up to date on it. That's what she just said. She's trying to get him to talk through his feelings, and he's like, I'm sorry. My whole life haunts me. I can't talk through all my feelings because that would take forever. Yes, it's a shoulder holster. Oh, Jeanette. Back to Lucy. B story. Wow, all her, right. Her hair still looks fabulous. Did they give her a curling iron? Actually, mad respect for this character. For the 1990s, as a female character in a television show, they give her a ton of intelligence and autonomy. Right, Pip? Rachel really appreciates intelligence and autonomy in a female character. I do. If you've listened to the recent <laughs> book episode with Kate oh, and Hannah. Oh, poor Kate. <laughs> I really tried to rein it in, but I was like, listen, I'm about to drop some knowledge. Drop some uh, insights, insight, and opinions. Opinions, let's call it that. Well, I just want to carry around a silver briefcase. I don't even want to put anything in it. I just want to carry it around and see how official I look. It just has his wallet inside. I know. <laughs> wallet and a, a bottle of Jack Daniels. That's it. Oh, no. Photo negatives. Mm, negatives. Wow. Can you imagine? Photographic negatives? Yes. I, I can imagine. I was thinking about negatives. the idea of how in our lifetime photos have gone from precious to not uh, to trivial. A photograph right, we is were like right at the cusp. Yeah. Natalie is wearing this fabulous little skirt and heels under this lab coat. Ooh, he's back in his little sweaters little sweater leather jacket combination thing here. It's working for him. What is that head in the I, background? Look at the head over his shoulder. Oh yeah. what is that? I wonder you know if what? it's supposed to be one of those like forensic reconstructions from a skull. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking lie. There's a lot of teal happening in this series in general, but the teal tile in the coroner's office, I would totally put that somewhere. I would put that in the bathroom anywhere. It is amazing, that teal tile. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm halfway through my next Truly, and we're I don't even know how far we are in this episode right now. Oh, the dark room light is on. Anybody there? They don't even walk up to the door. They're like over by the other door. They're like, hello, over there. They, they walk up to the door. No. Hey, hey. police are here. Hey, Open up or we're going to break down oh the door. Oh my God, he hung himself. No, we missed Open it earlier. Up. You missed it earlier. Uh, the he didn't answer. We're breaking Listen, down the door. Listen, I am trying to tell you something really important right now. 
We missed it earlier, but Lucy Preston was invited to be in Kitten Club magazine, which is like a porn magazine. And that guy was pushing her to accept the invitation. The guy she, with the briefcase and the yeah, photo. Yeah, she negatives. didn't want to. Oh, God, thank goodness. Some man gave Natalie permission to leave her room. And she got to leave her oh, white there lab she coat goes. behind. Bye, Natalie. That was a cute jacket. I know. And then gone. She had a trenchy coat, but it was like a, a wool. Tr- a trenchy coat. It wasn't a trench coat like Stinky's. <laughs> I want it was a trench I want a trench coat that's it not was a, a real trench coat. It's just coat. a trenchy coat. Yeah, trench-ish, trench-adjacent. It's trench-adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> a ditch wow. coat. Skanky's rocking a lot of layers right now. What, Nick always... He's been wearing that tie listen, the entire episode. Listen, Nick always finds something to lean on. <laughs> always. Well, of course. Look at him. He's just like, I don't know, I it's, think there's a ledge over here. It's the power pose. Sometimes he just has his elbow hovering in the air. No, I'm just kidding. That's not real. That's not nice. Oh, Oh, really? Wow. Ooh, sassy. Oh. Oh, she got a nice dress. Look at that. It's my size. Of course it's her size. She's the same size as everybody on the photo shoot. I love how this is supposed to be like a luxury apartment, and we have the most 90s drapes possible in the background. Oh! Oh, snap! It's Charlie! Charlie? Charlie. <laughs> we both went the same place at the same oh time, honey. Oh my god, it's I'm like so we're glad we could go there together. I love you so fucking much. Uh, YouTube.com, search Charlie, Charlie the, the Unicorn. unicorn. <laughs> Candy and Mountain, en- Charlie. And enjoy yourselves. Charlie. <laughs> In the, the 20 aughts meme I look, culture I looked that up of the time. Show, I looked that up to show somebody who's like 15 years old and I was like, no! <laughs> I died a It's like salad fingers. I think we referenced oh salad fingers in one episode. He's legit like 12 years old now. He's like, oh, I like rusty kettles. It's like happy tree friends. Oh my god. All the flash animation stuff. Oh my god. We can't even do Flash anymore because they discontinued Flash. Someone they? has to protect you. Oh, I'm sorry. We're we we watching an episode. Charlie. What happened? What happened? Oh my god. No, Charlie. No, Charlie. Come back, Charlie. Come to Candy Mountain, Charlie. Candy. She is a whore. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Nicholas, because LaCroix is using some outdated language to refer to sex workers. Love is LaCroix. made you stronger. Look that at that is face. Rude. Look at that face. LaCroix is so proud. LaCroix is the fucking definition. Of how assertive Nick is being. He is the definition of fuck around and find out. He fucks around and finds out every moment of every moment of his life. He's fucking around and finding out in a way that, in his opinion, helps helps Nick flourish. You missed it. He was like, one at a time, two at a time. She takes all comers. Ooh. Yes. Look at And then two people just walked out. And Nick is like, oh, snap. Seriously? LaCroix? Why does he believe LaCroix? 
Lacroix is always lying through his fucking teeth to manipulate okay, him, and okay. Nick always gets it. Maybe so, he chose Nick just because Nick is so easy to manipulate. He was like, you know what? what? I'm sorry, I just burped in the middle of that sentence. He's like, you know what? This guy went to the Crusades. He is manipulatable that his religion pushed him into going to this war that makes no fucking sense. Clearly, this is the type of guy... What? Oh, I'm sorry. I just got distracted by the... Um... Oh. Anyway, sorry. Maybe this is the type of guy I could manipulate for all eternity. And that's exactly what I want. I want putty in my hands. I want putty in my fabulous Nigel Bennett hands. That's what I want. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, look. Natalie is getting to type on the computer. wonder if she had to ask permission. So is this, if he couldn't sleep, if he's struggling to sleep, is this during the day? Why would Lucy Preston be about to be closed? She's still missing. Look at his little fabulous hairstyle. Somebody did him a blowout. You know what I want? I want that coroner's office jacket. That's what I need. Okay, so I bet you could find a uniform company around here. I'm sure I could find a lab coat, throw a coroner's office patch on it. Yeah, I mean, get somebody to make that patch hey. in the same style. Uh-oh, she's about to get feisty, by the way. We, we've had enough damsel in distress. She's about to get feisty. Now that she knows who abducted her. Yeah. Someone has to protect you. Oh, yeah. Well, she knew what you wanted enough to wait four months for it. Because the other lady lasted four months. Yeah, Pretty sure she's, she's skinny enough to fit through those. But he's just standing outside the Raven. Right, he's it's just, just bars behind <laughs> the mirror. Yeah, she could fit, fit through that. Oh, Jeanette. She's like, hi, you were wearing leather. I'm also wearing leather. Nicola, we match. Oh, she took it off. Thank God. She's in her strappy dress. Mm-hmm. Ah. Tortured by Tortured a soul by- <laughs> he hasn't got. Wow. I was tricked. Oh, got her little lace gloves. Oh, wow. We did like a zoom-in transition. That was fabulous. Aww. Still thinks he's gonna okay. Hold taint on. Taint her purity. Okay. Yep. So nope. at this point, Please Nick do. is convinced that she is selling herself to no, all these men. No, he's not convinced. He's here to investigate. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a vampire. We know how good he is at investigation. Hold, hold on. Yeah. No, go for it. He's I'm a ready. vampire. Yep. Can he, he smell can, it? He can really smell bodily fluids. Oh God! Can you imagine? You know what? I read a book. There's a book. Um, God, Christopher Moore wrote a book, and he talks about how they can smell Ooh, everything. Are you in love with the ballet? I love to watch you dance. But um, I'm sorry. Was that a joke? Oh, why is he just like hanging on the chains? Because he's trying to put himself in Lucy's mindset. Look at her hair and her earrings and her little velvet 
And again, Nick is just wearing his outside jacket. Nick, please. You are inside. Hold on. Is Nick wearing gloves? It must be real, real cold. (sighs) Why is he always in his outside jacket? Always. We never get to appreciate what he's actually wearing. He's been so traumatized, he always keeps his barriers up. It's his armor. It's the symbolism. It's symbology. (laughs) The symbology (laughs) of the narrative. The word you're looking for is symbolism. Symbolism. Aww. Oh, she wanted to kiss him. I know. She's just like you come and watch no, me every fucking night. Because I want hot. you to want it more. No, I don't want you to want it. Because if you want it, you're not pure. Because women who actually are in touch with their sexuality are inherently I'm sorry, I'm just perfectly are inherently dirty. So Which is factually incorrect. Factually incorrect. Because I'm sorry. Women get to be sovereign individuals who also want and desire intimacy and connection with other people. Right. She he takes the fact that she is in love with that she desires him as a moral failing on her part. Which and not that, you and gotta, not a a representation of how well he's portraying being a human. Right. I mean, that is a big fucking suitcase to unpack, okay? You are angry at me because I'm attracted to you, but you feel inferior. And so the fact that I'm attracted to you means I'm attracted to someone who is inferior, which in turn makes me inferior. What the actual fuck, Nick? You got to really, you got to follow that line of reasoning back to the source, my friend. Hold on, there's a quote. Uh oh. I would. Uh oh. (gasps) Oh no! What? What? I told you, he took the fact that she wanted him as a moral failing. I killed her for betraying my fantasy. That's got to be a deep cut. There's a quote that this reminds me of. I wouldn't be a member of any club that would accept me as a member. Groucho Marx. Legit. Legit. And that's got to feel deep for Jeanette because Jeanette was a sex worker. A right. trafficked, unfortunate. That adds layers to this whole worker. episode. Right. The fact that he punished her for the fact that she was not, quote, pure. And Jeanette. Even though she wasn't actually a sex worker. Yeah. Oh, look at him talking on his little 90s cell phone. Do you think he opened that? You think he pulled he, out that antenna with his teeth and he put it back in with his uh, cheek? Hold on. He flicked it. To open the bottom and then oh, pull the antenna out with his teeth. <laughs> look at his look at her pretty little dress. All right. Now she's got some leverage. Ooh, ooh. Do you like it on me? Starting. Do you my, like it off me? Starting my third truly. Where are you? I'm just about done with my second beer. Yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry. I almost dropped my truly. I don't know where we're at right now. See, look at her. Look at how she's working with this. She's got one weapon, and that is his desire for her. And she is wielding it. She's deftly. working it. Stephanie was the dead girl at the beginning. Yeah. I'm okay. different. I'm different, Charlie. I do. Charlie. Stephanie didn't know what you wanted, Charlie. Candy Mountain, Charlie. 
come, come get some Candy Mountain, Charlie. Candy Mountain. <laughs> it's a Leah Plurdon, Charlie. It's the magical, it's magical Leah Plurdon. God. Hashtag Charlie the Unicorn. Hashtag Charlie the Unicorn. You'll have to put that on the Instagram post. <laughs> Will I? Can you? Will can I? Can you retcon the Instagram post about this episode? <laughs> or did you not put it up yet? No, because technically we haven't even released the 1966 episode yet. Oh, we're so far ahead. We're like on it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The nose thing is a lie. I know. I'm surprised he has reception in there. Because honestly, once you uh, walk over, through a door, Kitten Club Magazine. Gone. Oh, wow. Wow. Skanky's gotten no more better about talking. Look at his cell phone! He's gotten wow. no more better about talking about suicide than he was in last act. This show has it's gotten just, no better about suicide. He is still than wearing gloves. The what the fuck is up with the gloves? Is it cold out? Is it cold in? It's Toronto. It's Toronto. Just ask Meg. Hey, don't bring Meg into this. Although Meg's the only one who's going to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Meg! (laughs) Oh, look at Charlie. He's coming in the room with her. Aw. Aw, he did. Kudos to this woman. I'm saying, oh my God, I just spilled truly on myself. Is that how far we've come? Oops. <laughs> oh, look, Nick's flying somewhere. Obvi. Oh, see, they just were like, hey, what about Charlie Murdich? Where does he live? There was some discussion on the Discord about. Nick's flying scenes and uh, dangerous accidents. Yeah, I can see that. There's quite a few that are like, what the? But there's a lot in season one. Way more than I remembered. I just made a... (laughs) I wish I could have recorded that. Oh, She is... Working it. I write mad respect for this character. Mad respect. She's trying to interpret what he actually wants and meet it so that she can have an opportunity to get out. Oh, no. Nice job, Suffocated by a satin pillow. Man, fuck satin. I'm sorry. Especially satin on satin. Satin on satin. Worse than cornstarch. Like Nick's satin pajamas on his, <laughs> his satin fuck sheets. sheets. <laughs> Hashtag fuck sheets. Why is there what? a pitchfork? But why is there a pitchfork <laughs> next, and an axe? And an axe. <laughs> Throw him the pitchfork and then grab the axe and then oh, you can have okay. a duel like men. So in present day, Charlie is Nick. Hashtag accurate. Oh, no. I'm getting the analogy. Did she here. just hand him the thing or did he take it from her? She what? tried to hit him with it. Why is it? Did you just see them like. <laughs> Why did we have to have like she a. She tried to hit Charlie with it and, and Charlie grabbed, grabbed it. it. Oh. Oh. 
Wow. Actually, the pointy stick is way worse than the... Right. Um, it's a much more dangerous yeah, implement against honestly. Nick. It's questionable choices. Questionable choices all around. Nick's like, you see how I did that? I used vampire speed to step to the side when you charged at me. What? Where did that come? <laughs> that broke off. Yeah, because Nick threw it over there when he broke the handle. Oh. And then Charlie jumped on it. I love how he's like, I haven't killed a person in a hundred years, which is definitely a fucking technicality because he has electrocuted someone and now stabbed them with a pitchfork. He has been oh. a critical cause in the death of many oh, people. Oh, snap. All of those people were on LaCroix's side. What he means is he has not killed anybody with his teeth. With his teeth. In a hundred years. Oh, she was actually in love with him. And hey, hashtag LaCroix betrayed Nicholas. Again? Hashtag betrayal. I hate you. Good hate is a step in the right direction. Just like... Just like Charlie and Leith the Unicorn woke up in the tub of ice missing a kidney. Let the hate flow. Oh, darn. That was a spoiler. (gasps) That was a really interesting transition. Did you see that? We moved over and Jeanette was in her, oh, God, fucking amazing little strappy dress. And then she was like, I never knew exactly what happened. And then we cut to the, like, right as she spins around, the camera spins around. That was a really good transition. That was the moment that he stopped killing. That was the last person he killed. Very true. Oh, look, he rubbed her nose. We are the guilty. She's like, mm, I love that. When She's you like, do that, okay, Nicola, say it again, but do stroke, it again. Stroke my nose just like that. What is up with this mantelpiece? Can right? we unpack this mantelpiece for a second? Did he buy it like that, or did he commission that mantelpiece to be added in there? Lacroix and his little joke. No, no, no. You are not answering my question about the mantelpiece. Did, well, I'm sorry. Was that mantelpiece there when he bought it, or did he commission that mantelpiece? No, no, no. I bet he got that mantelpiece. Well, I love how we just recap from the somewhere fact that else. he killed LaCroix, because LaCroix is coming back in the next episode. What? Oh, snap! Who is that? LaCroix? LaCroix's back? I, you know what? I have. Wait, is this present day? I, honest to fucking God, haven't watched this episode in so long. Yes. So I didn't th- realize we had foreshadowing. I they thought foreshadow that LaCroix is back at the end of season one? I didn't know that. <gasps> oh my God, mind. Blown. <gasps> End of line. We made it to the end. What are you looking around like you have the thing for? Matthew. I never know in this living room where the remote will be. Did you see that? There was a cliffhanger at the end of the season. I didn't know that. 
You're growing from this experience too. I I really am. You know, I've said that several times that I have not watched season one, one, two, 22 in a really fucking as much as you should have because season two is my season. I'm on truly number three. I'm on beer number three. After I had one previous, so this is really truly number four. And we had an entire bottle of wine this afternoon, which I don't think I have completely worked through. So we're pretty far gone at this point. Plus we had a shot. So look, we're just going to keep rolling on this because I just feel like rolling on this. But I Do you want to just record our normal episode right now? Do you want to do it? No, because it won't be a normal episode. (laughs) It'll be better. Will it be better? You know what? We'll we'll recapture a little that a little of that Highlander magic, a little of that little that Highlander because that Highlander episode is really. I mean, we are the drunkest we've ever been on recording an episode in the Highlander episode. And Um, I am less drunk right now than I was in the Highlander episode. So what I'm hearing is you need another shot. Uh, I need to finish this beer. But I'm not saying we turn it off. That's what I'm not saying. So we know that Forever Night, the overarching plot, the overarching theme, the thing that we carry through from season one to season three, all of it, the only thing we don't ditch is the fact that Nick believes that people are better than they actually are. And this is our prime example episode where he really believes this woman is way better than she actually, the, she was fine. She was a person. She right. had facets. But she he, had, was, he was so narrowly focused on his mental model of her. Yes. Rather than the participatory uh, interaction with the actual her. Yes. Being she, better. She was a... Um, an archetype. She was a goal, a perf- a perfected vision of what this woman should have been, which was this pure, perfect, beautiful, mortal woman. Right, which there's a lot of um, mythological value, mythological depth to the male perception of a beautiful female. Yeah. And he's focused on the very shallow perception of that and rather than the depth of what having a relationship with her could do to him. And it's really interesting, our changing perceptions of female purity over time, right? So we get Gilgamesh, right? Gilgamesh is one of our earliest recorded stories. It's our earliest archetype. Are you going to talk about the Temple of Ishtar? Yes. And the fact that Inkidu, 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 his buddy, his friend is feral, and he needs to create a space in which Inkadu becomes a real person, becomes a fully faceted, um, non-feral, functional member of society. Right. So the so priestess of Ishtar he literally gets goes sent to this out temple, to Inkidu. Which is like, sex is civilizing. Sex is 
pacifying. Sex, sex is, is a growth experience. Sex is a growth experience. I'm going to send you to this temple where you were no, going no, no, to... No, 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 He got a priestess, priestess and sent the priestess of Ishtar into the wild yeah. to find Enkidu. And they had sex for like six days straight. <laughs> And then Enkidu could talk like a human being. Right. Because you see sex as this powerful, transformative, human, interactive, intimate experience that is fundamental to the human race and to the human experience and to human growth and to human emotional experience. And then we get Jesus. We get Christianity. We get shame associated with sex. And so sex becomes this thing that we are to be ashamed of. Okay. I just want to add some nuance here. No, please do. Jesus directly in the Bible doesn't attribute any shame to sex. It's all, it's all the Old Testament stuff. Yeah. And even it's... I've seen some stuff recently about pretty much any time they mention homosexuality in the Bible, it is a um, usually deliberate mistranslation of Greek words for exploitative, coercive sex. Yeah. But when they translated it into English, the Church of England was like, uh... We really don't like the gays. <laughs> oh, those fucking gays. So we're going to take this, uh, this, these, you know, Greek words for exploitative and coercive sex. Right. And we're going to translate all of, and, and, uh, and pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And we're going to translate them into English as homosexuality. Right. Every negative sexual trope in the Old Testament and New Testament, I guess, in the commentaries. Biblical translation, yes. Yeah. Um, gets translated as homosexuality. And if you compare the English translations of the Bible to the German translations of the Bible, the German translations have a lot of that nuance towards the exploitative and coercive and pedophilic sex stuff. Yeah. Whereas in the English Bible, it's all homosexuality. Right. Because okay. for some reason, so, butt stuff makes us uncomfortable. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. You know why? It's because of the inherent power structure between the male-female coupling, right? The male-female sex is an inherent power structure. And when you... And honestly, the female holds all the power. Yes. As they should. Because if a man takes what he wants, it is rape. And when it is inherent in the sexual experience that the woman consents. (sighs) So explicit to the human experience... It's also inherent... That the man consents to. Right. But inherent to the male experience, to the the sexual experience, is that 
men are always pursuing sex. Really. And I, as a heterosexual male, I can confirm that's a big part of like day to day experience is there's a lot of biological pressures. Yeah. Just always there that are pushing for, okay, but how can we get sex? Yeah. So Victorian era. But that's not, that's not everything. The biology doesn't trump. Right. Okay. So everything else. So Victorian era, so Victorian era sexual archetypes are that women are the ones who are continuously pursuing sex. Right. Women are the ones who are initiating sexual right. in encounters. This, in the 17 and 1800s. Yes. It is well known in the literature, in the culture at the time, that the women right. are all are the... Um, the poon hounds. Yes. <laughs> the ones always initiating sexual encounters. The ones right. who are... And the men... Yes. ...are taught to maintain their purity. Right. So if we, if we separate, so if we divorce our discussion from the cultural archetypes of sex, the idea that women and men, whatever, are the ones who are pursuing sex... Okay, so whoop, 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 we just take it back to the basics, which is the idea that the only way that a man has sex is consensual, which is not accurate. I, I, I grant you that. But men have to have a physical reaction in order to have sex. You cannot right. have sex if you do not have an erection. Women can have sex regardless of whether or not we are actually interested in the sex or not, because the whole exists Even no matter just what. the awareness that sex is happening somewhere yeah women's body have have just has a reaction have a physical reaction to that it is just as a defense mechanism it just happens so women are always passive in the act of sex i mean not not always passive but it's reaction it's inherently reactionary but it can be yes uh i guess inspirational I i don't know what the word would be yeah from the female side yeah, so physically, women are always passive in the act of sex. Men are always active in the act of sex. So men have to have an erection in order to have a successful sexual encounter. So men are always seen as the active partner, right. which is probably why throughout history, men are seen as the initiator of sexual encounters. And so we get Gilgamesh, where this is a transformative experience between a man For and a Enkidu. woman. For Enkidu. And it yeah. literally, this priestess is from a group who is dedicated to using sex as a therapy mechanism. The idea of right. intimacy and connection and physical intimacy right. and as this a is, way. This is uh, kind of like what I was describing to you as agape yes. is the that part uh, the interaction the participatory interaction between a between two people that turns a person into a better version of that person yes or turns a non-person like an infant into a person because the person loves that non-person that has the potential to be a person so much they invest time and effort into developing that non-person into yes. a person which is basically what happens with 
the priestess and Enkidu. Right. And so you get this idea that sex is not a shameful act. Sex is an act of affirmation of human connection. Sex is an affirmation of human intimacy. Sex is an affirmation of human connection. Sex is something that two people do because they have an emotional connection. And on the male part, it should be more significant because you have to have a physical reaction to the female in order to have that reaction. And so when we attach shame to all of that, it really becomes something so complicated and so... It really becomes a powerful tool for men, or I guess, okay, for the masculine side of society to manipulate the feminine side of society. Yes. It is your fault. I am reacting this way. Right. And, and I just want to use the terms masculine and feminine yes. to just as independent terms from biologically male and biologically female. Yes. Masculine, feminine, exactly true. So this becomes something that in this episode, we, I mean, to the extent that we could explore it in the 90s, we explore it, which is that Nick is blaming her for the reaction she causes in other people because she is reacting to what they are, what they are, what she does to them. So if a man comes to you, so anyway, um, okay, so let me just take a step back here. So what Hold she, what, what we're unpacking here. Okay, I'm back. So. Okay, so. So kind of what we're exploring in this episode is the idea that Women's sexuality, women's ability to have sex, women's attraction, women's intimacy becomes a double-edged sword because you are blamed both for provoking the reaction in the male and for responding to the action and the reaction in the male. So when you are talking about someone who is biologic, who is male, and you have provoked an erection, you are blamed for that. And you are also blamed for acting on the fact that you can have an intimate moment with this person. And so Nick is blaming this woman for both provoking the reaction and reacting to the reaction. And it feels wildly unfair because if right. you put a man, if you flip the script, if you put a man in this position and you have a woman who is wildly attracted to him, it does not seem shameful at all. It is seen as a thing that is a uh, feather in his cap, something to be lauded, something to be celebrated, is that he has attracted a woman and he has lain with the woman. And we really get this. So sexuality becomes this something that it's just so difficult and so complex to unpack because women are so often vilified in the reaction is so off, so often vilified in the action because they can act at any time. And so it is ultimately their choice. Should be their choice. Right. And so if she chooses to to be with these men because probably they are supporting her, they are gratifying her, they are giving her some kind of interaction that she seeks. 
some kind of interaction that she needs in order to live a functional, non-feral, societally acceptable right. just life. just to have resources yeah. to survive. She is punished for this by Nick in this episode. And it's really unfair because that is exactly what he is seeking. Right. And the irony is that she is actually in love with him. Yeah. And she's doing what she whatever she needs to do to make herself, you know, functional in society. Yeah. From a resource perspective to be able to have the freedom to have a relationship with a guy. Yes. In this case, Nick. But we, we as a society attach so much to feminine sexuality that is really unfair. Right. And we unpack a lot of that in this episode, which is that we ultimately ascribe every sexuality, every sexual encounter to the woman's choice because the woman is the one ultimately who makes the choice because a man is reacting physically. So once you have an inner, once you have an erection, it is expected that the man is expecting to have an a sexual interaction. And so we as soon as a guy has a hard on effectively, he is morally um he gets a moral blank, blank, blank check. He gets a moral okay. blank check to whoever he uses that on. So it is whoever... Right, and his attraction can be so strong that he loses control over himself. Right, and we're okay Which is with that. the like worst trope of the romanticy books that <laughs> you have been talking about. So what you're saying is when you have an erection, you don't feel like you need to stick it in any nearby orifice. Right? I mean, obviously there's this compulsion. Yeah. But it doesn't override my sentience <laughs> you're like oh my god my dick is so hard i just need to stick it in something i love how when we get really really drunk we just talk about sex but sex is like an archetype i love fucking love the idea of gilgamesh's view of sex of sex as this fundamental human okay experience. so the the temple of ishtar was the culture of cultural view of sex in the era of like pre-Egyptian culture. Yes. Like Mesopotamia and ancient Sumeria. Yeah. I think is where that Hittite the Gilgamesh kind of yeah. comes from. And honestly, that's a much healthier view of sex. Right? Sex should be this civilizing free thing that we do between consenting individuals that elevate us both as people. Right. Like we both experience this fundamental intimate moment together and it creates this elevated sense of humanity, this elevated sense of who we are, of it, it's a life affirming, physically affirming, personality affirming, emotionally affirming experience that should kind of cement who we are as people or elevate who we are as people, depending on what you need. Right. And okay. So the thing that just popped into my head was the fact that in a lot of European countries, like the social safety net, like welfare uh, has different names, different places yeah. uh, for people with severe disabilities. 
their welfare covers hiring sex workers. Absolutely. Because sex is fundamental. People in wheelchairs still need sex. Everyone needs connection and intimacy, however you seek that. Whether that is penetrative sex, whether that is sex between two people who are whatever any way that you whether seek intimacy between two people whether it is sitting down and having a deep conversation with what, somebody over a cup of tea literally whatever fucking does it for you that should be done for you you should be able to seek that without repercussion without fear of retribution right. the culture should enable you yes. to fulfill that because that deep psychological and biological need. Because human intimacy is fundamental to the human experience. And however you experience that intimacy should be free and available to every single individual who exists on this earth at this time. And that is it. That is like, that is basic. It is fundamental. It is foundational. Right? We knew that in Sumerian times. We knew that. Pre- we knew that 6,000 years ago. We knew that when Gilgamesh was written, was that the only way you become human is through intimacy. Through the... In, however, Participatory interaction with other human consensual beings. Consensual intimacy, whether that is physical intimacy, emotional intimacy, however you seek that. And the fact that we as a culture now deny a large section of the person a, a large section of the population the freedom to seek that intimacy is criminal and should be criminal and the fact that we accept it at all is criminal because i don't care who you are i don't care how you identify i don't care how you wish to seek intimacy all of that should be free to you because it is fundamental to the human experience. Or at least available. It should be available consensually between individuals. Anyway, that's how I feel. And I have had a lot to drink. And I still feel that way. And you know what? I feel like alcohol <laughs> and any kind of inebriant strips away any layer of um, cultural conditioning. Right? So we have this... It, it strips away your filters. Cultural conditioning, which is our filters. And I'm really happy that even after I've had this much to drink, I really feel like everyone deserves to feel love. However you feel love. And that, that love and that intimacy and that connection is fundamental to the human experience. And... To bring it back to Forever Night, that is what Nick is seeking in every single episode, is that connection, that human connection that is fundamental to the human experience, which is I am with a friend, I am with a lover, I am with whoever I choose to feel that intimacy and connection with, that is all valid and important and fundamental to the human experience. Whether you feel that connection to somebody that you game with regularly and you talk to them over a headset and whatever, whether that is someone that you are married to, whether that is someone that you are dating, whether that is someone you are friends with, connection. Or someone you hook up with at the Temple of Ishtar. (laughs) 
Ishtar, exactly. The temple of the God of small comforts. Whether that is someone that you sit and you have a hot cup of coffee with, or a cold mimosa, or whatever floats your boat, you have that moment of human connection where you are fundamentally you, and they are fundamentally them, and you experience each other without anything in between you. And you accept each other and you love each other in that moment that is fundamental and that is important and that is necessary for human interaction, for human experience, for human growth, for life. And thank you, honey, for being my friend and my lover and my husband and everything that I have wanted for the last 15 years. Ditto. As we creep up on our 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> I am thankful and not, I do not take for granted for a moment the fact that I have you. Thank you, honey. I feel the same way. Thank you. I know. <laughs> so I'm like, really? To quote Han Solo. I know. <laughs> Pretty far gone right now. <laughs> I love how philosophical we get when we're drunk. <laughs> I don't think Meg knew what she was asking Uh-oh. for. Hey, Meg. Hope you liked the listening I hope to this. Like this. Well, that's because that's what this episode was about, was the fundamental nature of human connection and the idea right, that and connection how his, makes us His human. violation of that awakened him to the... The realization that he wasn't The bullshitting going, that the bullshit. he was... It helped him cut through the bullshit. Yes. Yeah. How much LaCroix has been bullshitting him and how much he has been bullshitting himself because of LaCroix's manipulation and gaslighting yes i mean listen stories fundamentally shape the way we experience the world stories are the way that humans convey fundamental life lessons and forever night is a story just like any other story that we experience is it a 1990s absolute bullshit (laughs) fun mind fluffy cotton candy story absolutely but there are still a story concepts that are embedded deep, deep, deep into the deep. story. You really need to strip away your external filters, yeah, and discuss it with somebody to dig down deep enough because to get to the core of the story. That is how story shapes our life experience. That is how story shapes how we interact with each other. That is how story shapes how we interact with the world. That is how sh- story shapes how we interact with everything or to to quote uh to quote a guy i was listening to narrative gives us practice with non-logical identity yeah which is how a person changes over time so that at two points in time they are different people absolutely but they're the same person yeah I'm not. We're all on this journey. I was. I am not who I was ten years ago. Right. By any stretch of the imagination, and I am not who I will be in ten years by any stretch of the imagination. Is twenty five? I'm sorry. But the narrative is twenty gives us a connection between those different versions of ourselves. Story shapes our lives. In to bring it back to forever night. (laughs) 
I'm here for you. The the narrative gives us connections between the monster that Nick used to be. Yes. And the non-monster person that he is aspiring to become. Can I just express for a moment how fucking excited I am to rewatch forever to rewatch <laughs> Babylon 5 with you? Oh yeah. So Babylon 5. <sighs> We've we're, decided we're, we're going to start. Five. Okay, so I think this this wraps up our Forever Night season one. Yes. With Aww. the <laughs> we're going to come back to it when we're not the drunken drunk. philosophical because ranting. I am so drunk we're, right now. We're just going to have to. Yes. You're going to have to like clip this at the end of where we. <laughs> Where wherever we stopped right watching here. the episode, no, no, and I'm just gonna, started this, this rambling dialogue. discussion. No, nope. well, I mean, you, you take this and and put it as like a sub episode. I don't know. Some people sub would, episode. Some people would just jump this into the Patreon only exclusive. I'm sorry if you are paying for this experience, you get the full fucking experience of Matt and Rachel drunk off their asses talking about Forever Night. So there you go. Let's see if you can put like a bookmark in the Shh. audio file. You know, I'll put an ad here. A chapter. A chapter. Chapter marker. There you go. Let's see if we can put chapter markers into Show. the MP3 file. Show. So then it'll be easier for our Patreon, a.k.a. Meg, to... <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> too, don't discount Ryan. That's true. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. I hey, really hey. meant to send you a message today and check with how you're doing, because I haven't talked to you with you I in, like, a week. you're doing week. really good. I'm trying Babies to are rough. Babies are fucking rough. That's why we didn't have any. That's why we stopped it too. That's why we stopped it too. <laughs> but I'm so excited for you and congratulations. With all your in babies. <laughs> We're going to watch Babylon 5 and I'm so excited. So as a as a spin-off podcast, we are going to rewatch the entirety of the five seasons of Babylon 5. Oh, yeah, we are. Are there movies? Yep. There's the Crusade. Absolutely. There's, the first episode is a movie. Into the That's beginning. That's right. Yep. And then there's the yes. spin-off series. I'm just nodding at Is it Crusade or Crusades? There's, or a, cru- there's a spin-off series. I don't think we'll cover it because it got canceled before they could wrap it up. So oh, we'll so it's, it. there's not a complete plot arc. Yeah, I think we'll just leave it. Yeah, and I'm not going to talk about why they have a spinoff series because that's a huge fucking spoiler. Yeah, I significant just, glare, significant spoiler. So I'm okay. just not. I'm not going to. So uh, that will be coming. At, we're gonna. We'll probably start recording them soon. But then we can build up a backlog and start releasing them. And then we don't have time pressure. We can do what we want. We fucking do what we want anyway. But this is our podcast. We can do whatever we We want with it. We can do what we want. (laughs) You know what? I have another podcast that I love dearly. I loved for a long time. And they were really funny. And they were like unique. And they chatted. And they had a lot of so many fun things that they did together. The banter was what sold it. Right, and then over time, they have let 
people's opinions affect how well, they, they bantered? They started it like we did. Yeah. It was just a fun passion project. Yes. But then for both of them, it turned into like a full-time job. Well, they let people's opinions affect how they did their show. And now they're right. actually like a wondery show. So they turned like, it into a paycheck. They signed with a and group. And so now there's someone that has influence over them. And I'm not saying they're bad, but they've lost magic is how I feel. And I really want to keep the magic. Like, I want to keep us. I'm going to keep our flexibility. I want to keep the way that we banter. I want to keep the way that we chat. I want to keep the way that we do our shows the same. Because I love how we do our shows. I love how we record our podcasts. And I don't want to sacrifice that because we've signed on with somebody who needs it streamlined. They need it an hour long. They need no banter. They need no cussing or they need limited cussing. And they need limited mature content. They need you to stay on point, on yeah. on plan, on schedule. I don't want to be beholden to anybody. Fuck the schedule. Yeah, fuck the man. Right? Fuck the man. <laughs> I, I just realized I said fuck the schedule to the woman who's been <laughs> regularly releasing <laughs> podcast episodes but that's Monday, on Wednesday, my Friday only schedule. for like four months, months yeah. five months. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my schedule. I'll right. work, that's I will schedule. work so fucking hard for me. But I, nobody else gets that kind of determination. Nobody else gets that kind of dedication. And I want to keep that. I want to keep that magic. And I think the only way we do that is with like a large Patreon support group. So if I was, you I was gonna bring it around to that too. Haven't joined the Patreon. I know this is really only Meg. I'm so sorry. Hi, for Meg. now. But if other people are thinking about joining this group, I mean seriously, I'm like really, really far gone right now. But I just want you guys to know that I feel like if we had a large enough Patreon support group, anything is possible. Because once I, I don't, we don't okay like real talk. We don't need a ton of money. We don't. I just want to cover our basic expenses. I want to feel like the time that I spend editing this is worth it. Right. Okay. Recording. We, we pay it is for worth the WordPress it. site. We pay for yeah the podcasting equipment. <laughs> Do we pay for the website? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. We pay <laughs> for the WordPress. We bought a oh. WordPress.com site and I linked our custom a bad domain web to editor. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know what? I don't know where we've gone right now. We've, I just, I love everybody. We're really drunk right now. And I think it's probably a good time to wrap it up. This reminds me of the Halloween. Time that I got right. We oh my set God. up the drink station at the corner house. So off my rocker. And Rachel made Jello shots, the most that Pinterest is, thing she's ever done. That is probably the most blackout drunk I have and ever been. At the end of the trick or treating run, yes, our daughter said, "Mama, I love it when you have too much candy." <laughs> Because you tell me you love me and, and you, you hug, hug me, me a lot. Love. You know yeah. what? Do you know how much comfort I get 
from the knowledge that no matter how trashed I get, I just get more lovey-dovey and huggy and happy to be around everybody. And I end up having trying to have philosophical uh, trying, conversations. Trying to have deep philosophical <laughs> conversations with people the more so I drink. Accurate. So accurate. <laughs> you know what? I, I love the fact that I just get more loving when I'm drunk. I do. Yeah. Because I think, you know what? Alcohol, like sex, is fundamental to the human experience. The idea it really of, is. It's been with us for thou- t- like tens of thousands of years. The idea of becoming inebriated, the idea of cutting through everything and finding your most fundamental self. With another person. Drinking another alone person, is yeah. pretty much always a bad idea. And finding that your most fundamental self is someone who hugs your children and tells them they love them and laughs and plays and is absolutely... You expose your deep subconscious and th- to reality. And finding to the, out to the conscious. that that person just wants to kiss and hug and tell everybody that they love them is so life-affirming and so positive and so amazing. And I can't say that we get drunk very often. We don't. But when we do, the idea that it just makes me more loving and more emotive and more happy to be around the people that I'm around is amazing. Because I don't cut through things that I'm lying to myself about and find that I don't like who I am or I don't like where I am. I find that I have a deeper and more fundamental love for everything around me. And I find a lot of comfort in that because it means that every choice that I've made has brought me closer to the place that I want to be. Because being drunk me doesn't make me want to be anybody else. It just makes me appreciative of where I already am. And I love that. And I love you. I love you. So I think we should probably leave it right there. (laughs) Unless you want to repeat my monologue, in which case you are totally welcome to. (laughs) Okay, so we're at an hour and a half. On a, really? on a 48 minute episode <laughs> I think this is a good place to cut us off That's uh, a good place to cut us off, yes So remember Sometimes the strangest things are the, the most, most beautiful, beautiful too. too So be who you are and love what you love Until next time, friends Bye, Bye. listening to a strange and beautiful network podcast a network of shows focusing on unscripted discussions that promote positive but honest engagement with all the weird and wonderful topics that make our hearts happy
I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to all our listeners. Your continuous support and engagement mean the world to us. So if you're enjoying the show, make sure to spread the love. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Strange and Beautiful Network to stay updated on the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes peaks, and exclusive content from all our shows. You can also find additional ways to support this show on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash strangeandbeautifulnetwork. By becoming a patron, you'll gain access to bonus episodes, early releases, our Discord channel, and other exciting perks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.